0: the other day i was asking people which member of the nativity story that they most identified with and i said i'd say joseph but i don't get to take that many naps and i talk way too much for that to be an accurate portrayal of who i would be in the nativity story or who i would identify with my name is tony vicenda i live in philly where i work as a missionary speaker and i run a small company called catholic bond
1: my name is bobby angel i'm a teacher campus minister in california with my wife and crazy children
0: And even though we do all those things, again, first and foremost, we are sons, husbands, fathers, and brothers.
1: So one of the things Tony and I have been talking about over the last year is how to help men live lives of virtue, follow God's will, and find a brotherhood together.
0: So this year on this podcast, Bearded Virtue, we're building this conversation based around Bobby's amazing new book, Pray, Decide, and Don't Worry, and then following it up with monthly conversations about how we can live virtuous lives.
1: I'm excited to break down the book with you all and get some other special guests on to talk about the process and how you can make a decision with God and, and get living.
0: So let's get into it. All right. We are still on the Nazarite challenge content, but we are out of no shave November. We are into don't shave December. And, uh, you know, it was pretty soon we'll head into just let it grow January. Uh, Bobby, how are you doing? Doing
1: great. I'm also fond of December beard if you're looking for another excuse not to shave this month.
0: Yeah, we did a little while ago at one point and we never did anything with it because that's pretty much how I live my life. Lots of ideas, little execution it is went through and came up with a cute name for every month. It just implied not not shaving your beard, like facial hair February, you know, like you just got to keep on, keep on working them out. So uh, man, we were just, we were talking right beforehand about holiday plans, about other things like that. But I am, uh, I'm so excited to just sit down and chat with you. This is our last session of our Nazarite Challenge stuff. So what are the steps we've gone through and what are we talking about today
1: sure so we are yeah sadly in the the number five of five weeks chapters of this and uh, going through the book pray decide and don't worry that I wrote with my wife along with Father Mike Schmitz with Ascension Press and it's steps in discernment it's not do these five steps and in an hour you're guaranteed to know God's will it's these different benchmarks that you can use or go back to as you are contemplating a big decision you've got in front of you. And so the first step was to seek, actually identify what's the question of your heart along with grounding yourself and realizing who God is to overcome any voices of fear, to um, know that you're loved by God. And that's the foundation before we do anything else. The second step was to search and discern learning from St. Ignatius. What does it mean to discern what's going on inside of us in, in our emotions? In our spirits, the ups and downs of consolation, desolation, when we consider different options, also as indicators of our prayer life, if we need to actually make time for that, to actually hear what God wants, instead of just spinning our own wheels, what we think God wants, which lends itself to the third step, silence, to quiet ourselves, to give God space to to speak in our hearts to understand that the present moment you're in right now is not a waste. This mm. is part of God's plans, is part of this providence to not fall to thinking you're in a limbo state and your life hasn't started yet. It's living right now. You're living and growing as you listen to this. And then the last time we talked with Dr. Swafford about sorting it all out, taking small steps in a direction. It doesn't mean you're going all in, you're just you're getting more info, um, realizing you can't do it all. And so part of the using our freedom is also to freely move in a direction. And if we need to recalibrate and choose again, cool, but we're never going to know unless we start taking some small steps and to put aside again, that voice of fear that can paralyze us because we're afraid of making the wrong decision. Therefore we make no decision. We've got to move in some direction one way or another.
0: Right. And so, and then we're today we're, we're stepping out like that. This is about the big step, right? About making, making that, that big choice, right?
1: Yeah, this is arguably the scariest step. Up to this point, it's all been, let's just say in your head or with, in speaking with God or speaking with others, maybe some small steps have been taken. But this is actually like, I'm going out the front door. And maybe it's a big decision like for you of moving cross country. Um, I've had those times as well of leaving uh, a stable job to follow God's will to the priesthood of, you know, considering like choosing this school over this school, actually accepting going in on your wedding day. Like this is the, we're doing it, you know? And so to, we're going to break that down. How do we do that? Well, the stepping out part.
0: Yeah. And before we dive straight into that, I just want to say like, so for me, one of the things I love and uh, this year's been a challenge, I'll be honest. Like we, we were moving across the country right before this, we're getting settled here, moved in. Um, I went on a trip, I, I got the flu, like in the middle of this year's Nazarite challenge. And I don't feel like I did a good enough job this year of managing the group, engaging guys. But every year we just hear different stories from men about life change. But I wanted to just stop and say like, has there been something for you, Bobby? And I've got one I can share first, that um, that going through these steps over this last month and a half, um, maybe something that was brought to your awareness. I know for me, like, Silence is something that I really have always enjoyed and has been a normal part of my life. But over the last, like with the move and with everything else, I know that my screen time, because iPhone gives me a report every month, has been like 15 plus hours a day. Now, a lot of that's just consuming audio content. I'm not sitting in front of my screen that entire time. Um, I'm listening to great podcasts like this one or Every Niche Shall Bow that Ascension puts out or Gormley's other podcast content, a series of sermons from a church in Portland that I love listening to. There's all these different things. And I just had a it all of silence in my life and uh two weeks ago i got the chance to just go on a long drive with my kids and there were a number of times where we just like turned everything off in the car and we would have some periods of silence and conversations and that was huge and then just two days ago I had to drive over to the other side of the the state basically uh to drop some stuff off at the fulfillment house to go out to people for catholic bomb co just took the time to say i'm not going to have the radio and i'm not going to have anything else and i'm just going to sit in silence with my lord for these next like five hours um, and just see what god does in that time and there would be times i would feel prompted to call someone or pray for someone or other things like that but it was these deeper conversations that started stirring up it was always about recultivating kind of that experience of silence in my own life. For me, this Nazarite season, that was like the biggest thing that kind of developed in my own life is fruit. What about you?
1: For me, I think the grace has been walking with some other young adults and um, having this book achieve what I wanted it to do from the beginning. It's a lot of stuff that I wish I would have known in my early 20s. And no joke, yesterday in my office, there's an alum who's in town who comes by and we're talking, he's, he's looking to... He's in EMT school right now. He's looking to do the fire academy and realizing he doesn't necessarily want to stay in state. He's seen other openings, even for some like wildfire stuff um, in the Northwest and was just was mentioning like there's seasons to stay and seasons to go and was drawing from some of the stuff that he had been looking at in the book. And mm. for me, it was just like, awesome. And it's yeah. not a, um, it's not an easy thing to to leave your hometown. It's not an easy thing to uh, leave what's comfortable, but realizing, you know, I think I've maximized my time here, or I feel that the next stage has to be looking elsewhere and doing that boldly. You know, we don't always get to see the fruit of our work or of our teaching or of our ministry, but, you know, when God, God allows that that's such a gift that's such a blessing to be like okay thank you Jesus like this is actually helping young people young guys that I've taught so that that's for me has been the blessing is to get to see it actually bearing fruit.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. And I love that it's kind of like, there's a, there's a, like a dynamism there between like, for me, it was solitude for you. It was community like those, those type of things. And the fact that God is speaking to us in all of those circumstances, which I think is so much of a lot of what we've talked about, like people who are going through discernment. If you're asking yourself a big question right now, whether this has been really fruitful for you, or there's just been good information to take in for the future, like God is doing something all the time in our lives and whatever the circumstance is And so uh, we'd love to hear from you. If you have stories, uh, drop me an email, Tony at at catholicbomb.co that's tony at catholicbomb.co i'd love to hear from you uh share them with bobby if you have have a story of discernment or just something that's happened in your life over this last season as we've been journeying together through this i'd love to hear it i know bobby would love to hear it i know the people over at ascension press would love to hear it we'd love to share it with our other listeners if you just want to tell us and don't want us to share it feel free to just let us know that again tony at catholicbomb.co is the email would love to hear from you Um, Let's get into today's kind of this conversation around stepping out though. So the first step that you guys talk about in the book is, is trusting in God. Uh, Tell me a little bit about trusting in God and and what that means. Like, I think we all kind of are like, yeah, I I want to trust in God. But what does that actually mean, Bobby?
1: It's again, identifying like the risk that we're maybe afraid to take the level of comfort or stability we've bought up. We know our current job. We know our current school. We know our current relationship. And um, the thought of changing that up can be very scary. And so sometimes we, again, we fear success. We actually fear, like, what happens if I actually choose well? And then the new. I fear the new chapter and the unknown and the new responsibilities, perhaps. We're afraid of failure, for sure, of like, what if it doesn't work out? And um, the whole step of, uh, I'm just thinking of St. Faustina right now, the Polish saint who was revealed the divine mercy, the divine mercy image of Jesus, to encouraging us, want you know, conveying. these, like, tell other people this, Jesus, I trust in you. Jesus, I trust in you. Like, it's not nothing more complicated than that. Christ again has poured out His Holy Spirit upon us, and so, what have we to fear? Like, we we can step out in faith and know that God wants us to to you know start pedaling on the bike. Yeah. You know, it means that we may fall, but it, it also means that the greatness is. Is before us, and to um, don't let risk hold us back.
0: And I think lots of times, like we'll find ourselves in this place of realizing there's a certain thing we don't want to risk giving God. And and, and Faustina, I actually think, uh, shares this really beautifully towards the end of her her diary. She has a sense in her conversation with God. That he wants something from her that she's not giving. And she's given him in her mind, everything, everything God could possibly want. Like he's given it to her, like in her mind, she's leaning in all the way. And she's like, you know, the only thing I have left is my misery. Like God, like, I don't want to give you my misery. And he's like, give, give me all of it. Like, give me all of it. So even that thing that you think like, this isn't worthy of God or God doesn't want this part of me. Like God wants all of you like don't don't take pride in that one thing i think i think that's what we miss lots of times like we want to lean in 90% or 80% or whatever percent we're comfortable with some of us only want to lean in 10% and i think that's a huge part of it is saying you've got to lean in And you've got to specifically go to what's that thing you don't want to give God, because that's probably, probably what he's asking you for. And trusting in God is trusting that he's not going to reject you, that he's not going to abandon you, that he's not going to leave you um, alone. And I think that's, that's such a huge point. So we've got to trust in God.
1: Yeah. And and Tony to that, I want to share my own experience too, of for me, it's, it's finances. I think I just am a Mm -hmm. bit of a, a worrier. I think I'm a bit of a, I'm a compulsive saver, you know? Um, what
0: a great problem to have. What a beautiful problem.
1: Yeah, but it's that shackling of like, you'll lean into frugality sometimes when you should be generous. And even when I was a seminarian, I'm like, Jesus, I've given you everything. I've given you my life right now. I've given you like the possibility of me getting married, and having children. Just don't touch my bank account. <laughs> it was like, just let me. And I was again. I, I live I live pretty simply. I'm not very extravagant, but it's like just don't. T- it's almost this like this this thing over here, the one percent that I'm holding back of like, right? Just in case God, you don't have my back, at least I can have this thing to fall back on, right? And Jackie and Jackie's really helped me identify that and and be generous and not be afraid to tithe and not be afraid to, again, not live recklessly with finances, especially if you've got a family you're providing for, but. To be free to say, right. and really put that, put that into practice. For me, that's, that's the thing I, I, I hide away just in case God isn't who he says he is, you know?
0: Right. And so I think, I think for anybody listening, either like, think about that. Really specifically in the context of of trusting in God, like what's that area that you don't want to offer Him, and and look at how you would actually lean into trusting in God in that space, because that actually is probably saying something about your discernment also too. Lots of times, like that's going to be one of those obstacles, that's going to be one of those roadblocks. You may not, when we were talking about sorting it out and putting it all on the table, you may not even have put that thing on the table. That may be on like like the chair underneath the table, hoping that God doesn't see it. Exactly. Like you put it down. You put it down here so he he didn't notice. You know. So. Think about that specifically. So we talked about this a little bit with Jackie um, when we when we chatted with her. But your vocation is not about you. Um, like that's the, the kind of the next thing we want to look at. We want to trust in God. We want to understand our vocation is not about us. What does that mean?
1: Yeah. So I think again, there's the temptation in the modern age to put discernment, vocation, these facets of the Christian life as another kind of self-help, self-actualized thing that it's all about me. It's me and Jesus, and it's about being. This excellent version of myself that is like, again, it's the this, this self-help era we live in. It, it's all about me and my excellence and my comfort and realizing, you know, you're calling, we're not, that it's, that's, not that's actually not the point. The point is, yes, to meet God face to face, that we all achieve that bliss of heaven, but we're made for communion, for community. And so our decisions, big and small, affect other people. And so really, it's it's also asking the questions of how have I lived and how am I living in a way that serves others? Mm-hmm. Or am I not? Am I closed in on myself? The decision at hand, how is that going to affect other people? Am I going to be able to uh, be generous with this? Or you know, am I shutting other people out of this decision when it's going to affect a lot of other people? We're called to live selflessly. And so it's realizing, like, so let's say even, you know, marriage obviously is a vocation that's going to concern more than just you. And your happiness. You're looking at another person, you're looking at the possibility of a family. It's really not about you. That that's the same if if it's a religious vocation, that's the same again if if I'm discerning a job, an occupation, uh, switch up, it's gonna affect other people. That could bless other people, that could bring troubles to other people. And so realizing like it's not just about God and me. It is about, you know, we're we're part of a network, we're part of a community, and so and other cultures are much better about that. There's a you know the discernment happens within a community it's not just me and God one on one.
0: And I think this is one of actually potentially the most freeing things in the entire book. When we think about our vocations as being entirely about us we then are banking our entire future happiness on trying to make the right choice right now. And that binds us up so much. And it's a real disordering of what, what we start with, like that desire, that that question of the heart. Um, The question of the heart that God has put on you is his way of telling you what will ultimately bring you happiness and fulfillment. But it's not saying this is for you. It's saying, I, I've placed this on your heart, only you can do this. And so that's why I've told you that, but you're, you're, the destination is not that internal space of satisfaction or happiness. That will come with the process, but the ultimate destination of your vocation, of your charisms is the kingdom. It is beyond you. It is beyond us. And it it lies out with our our brothers and our sisters and both, both living here on the earth, but also in all eternity. And when we realize that our vocation is about building up the kingdom about about the the uplifting of others about serving others and doing good in the world um both this world and the next that means it's not about us and that means that we can be experience happiness freely within that without having to worry as much about is this the right thing is this the wrong thing or getting caught up in that um and so we you know we we quoted saint therese about just understanding our vocation is love we have this much bigger vocation uh, but understanding at the end of the day that that's not just about us. And so I don't wanna jump straight into the last section yet. We're actually gonna to touch um, on, on who our saint is as part of the last section, because the, the, the last section of the book uh, in this chapter touches on the person we're gonna talk about as our saint of the week this week. So we'll hop to that in just one second. But as we're talking about stepping out, like let's just talk specifically and practically, like what does that look like? Um, you know, So we've talked about trusting in God. We've talked about understanding that our vocation is not about us, but what is the practical reality of stepping out? look like what
1: comes to mind is uh the temptation to look back the temptation to again stay paralyzed in my own thought uh there's a christian band called for king and country and their latest album is called burn the ships and jackie and i got to go to their show and they kind of did like a storyteller vibe with some of the songs where they explain like what does that even mean what does this thematically mean and he talked about it comes from the um, i think some actual instances of explorers when they would arrive at these uh, like unknown locations the temptation for the crew was to constantly go back to the ship and what if there's uh i'm not going to explore any further because i'm afraid of what may be on the other side Mm -hmm. if there is something if there isn't and the captains would actually have to burn down the ships to keep the crew moving forward instead of constantly going back yeah so what comes to mind is this concept of burning the ships and um they actually wrote the song the one of the, the singers talks about his wife found herself dependent upon these like postpartum pills that were just affecting her mood, finding herself compulsively having to take these pills. So they actually had to like, she had to go to to therapy. They had to, quote, burn the ships. They had to flush these pills and get rid of them out of their life. Now, the application there could be, again, whatever sin, whatever habit. Um, again, that could be laziness. That could be lust. That could be considered like, what are the ships you need to burn? To hmm. move forward, like what's yeah. holding you back? What comfort, what what stability? Per, perhaps though a good thing is not the best thing. What ships do you, quote, need to burn? Don't burn down the building, by the way. But what do you need to to cut off to be free and move forward? For me, in the past, that was that was uh, sometimes that was relationships. That was unhealthy hmm. relationships that I had to break off and lean into good friendships to help me from going back to these relationships because I know I needed to move forward. Um, and so you got to discern, like, uh, I think a practical thing is maybe what am I carrying with me? That's weighing me down that I need to, to burn that I need to cut off to be free, to step Mm -hmm. out the front door.
0: That's awesome. Yeah. Elisha, that's the, the one with the S not the one with the J when Elijah, that's the one with the J not the one with the S came and called him to become a prophet. Like when I get to heaven, I'm going to ask God about this by the way, like, come on, really? Like. One guy with a J, one guy with an S, same names, right in a row, like what's going on there? Uh, I'm sure in, in the original Hebrew, it's much easier. When he comes to him and he he calls him into being a prophet, he's a he's a um, a rancher. He's a he's a he t- cares for oxen. He plows fields, and before he actually sets out, he starts you know following Elijah just a little bit down the road. And then he looks back and he sees the plows and he says, "Hold on, just a second, And he runs back and he actually uh, burns the plows, slaughters the oxen, none of which belong to him. Like none of which is his material, but is his livelihood. And um, it is like the equivalent of saying, "I'm going to walk into the office tomorrow." Uh, and burn the computer that I use to do my job every single day, um, and then throw the copy machine on top of it and let that set that on fire. Also, you can't go back to that job after you do that. Like, you don't have the option of just showing back up the next day or on Monday and being like, yeah. You know, I tried being a prophet for the weekend. Uh, it didn't work out. I'm here to go to work. He he was creating this place where he couldn't turn back, and so I think I think that's such a such an awesome way to kind of look at that. So you know, whether that's stepping away from safety, like for me, it was telling my pastor after discerning like that I was going to quit. Like I quit before we landed here in Philly. I didn't get to Philly and then call my pastor and say, Hey, like I'm, you know, I'm, I'm not coming back on Monday. You know, like it was, it was a process of doing that. And we didn't know what was on the other side. In some ways we still don't know what's on the other side. And then one of the other ways I'll talk about it is something called throwing your hat over the fence. Like this is the old, like an old adage too, that is if you were gonna, if you were gonna climb over a fence and you were hesitating, the best way to kind of force yourself to do it was to throw your hat over. Cause then if nothing else, you had to go over the fence to go get your hat. And so if you were trying to go into an unknown territory, give yourself an incentive, you know, like give yourself, something that draws you forward. So think about, like Bobby said, what are those things that are drawing you back? But then also think about what are those things that may be waiting for you on the other side? Um, dream about those things, ask God to, to kind of give you a little bit of a vision around what those things might be. Uh, and that might be in a hypothetical. It might not be a an actual, you know, uh, a waking vision, but just ask God to reveal to your heart the good he has in store for you on the other side. Um, And so those two things, I think, in tandem are really good ways to step out and make that choice. But again, the the name of the book is Pray, Decide, and Don't Worry, not like pray, make a couple of small changes and then don't sweat it, right? That's not the, that's not the name of the book. Um, it's pray, decide, and don't worry. So this is the point where you're actually going to want to uh, make a decision. So let's talk about um, our saint of the week. It's also the person who, um, it's, it's what the last chapter of this section is all about. And I think if you're going to look at a microcosm for discernment, this, uh, this individual very clearly demonstrates a lot of what we've talked about for five weeks. And it's revealed in less than like 12 sections of scripture. Um, so Bobby, who's our, who's our saint uh, of the week?
1: So the saint is actually our lady, our holy mother, Mary. I want to pause before we go totally um, into honoring her and looking at her life's example, because the time ta- in the time between you asking me that question and me answering it here, there's been several weeks that have happened. We've we've pulled off a time heist <laughs> another time heist with time heist number two with the Nazarite challenge this year. But this this probably takes the cake.
0: <laughs> yeah, we had uh we had technology issues like the, the internet just decided to die in the middle of recording the last episode. You got sick, we've been sick. I just spent 20 minutes on the on like tech support with the people who do the back end stuff, which are phenomenal. Like it's uh, it's 11 o'clock at night here. It's three hours past when they close their offices. But one of the guys who runs the company just happened to be online because because you you, like earlier today when we were going back and forth about how weird it was, just all the things that have happened. You know, at the end of the day, you were like you were like, God wills it. So it's going to get done. And so uh, God wills it. So uh, so here we are. But yeah, three weeks. For us to get from who's our saint of the week to uh to our holy mother mary being the answer um so let's let's dive into i know,
1: I know. Day, day, to day,
0: mary and to some of some of why that may be the case
1: davis fault um yeah oh it was funny and i was thinking too like you know it would be about mary why there's been so much like spiritual like kind of chaos that it's taken us weeks now for this uh november podcast like i swear right. we're gonna get it done before 2020 before again.
0: 2020. Um, my goal is before Christmas. I'm going to hope I'm hoping Taylor can get this turned out so we can have it out on Wednesday and it can be good, good Christmas listening for everybody.
1: But the the man, the devil hates women and the devil hates Mary. Mm-hmm. You know, with God, there's an understanding with the incarnation. There's, there's a, almost an understanding of like good play, like good form. Um, but cannot, the devil cannot stand the fact that a lowly human, like pure human could, dare to be such a vehicle of grace and vehicle of God's plan here on earth. And because he is so full of pride, her humility is such a, it just shuts down every threat, every empty threat he's got. And Our Lady is such an example for us in this particular theme of the week in stepping out because hers was a, a resounding yes to the will of the Lord, even if I don't understand the plan. I'm going to step out and I'm going to step out in haste. I'm not just going to do a couple steps. I'm going to go all in and uh, be it done to me. According to your word, while she's still pregnant, she embarks on a trek across a very hilly country as a pregnant woman cannot imagine. It would be fun to go visit her cousin, Elizabeth, but she goes in haste. She goes quickly so to think too. like, where in my life do I need to act with haste, not out of anxiety or rationally and i haven't thought something through but where do i just need to act where where am i dragging my feet and holding god's plan up where do i need to be like mary
0: there's actually a there's actually a term for a virtue that covers that it's one that i deeply have lacked in my own life historically and that's diligence diligence is acting on what's in front of us when we're supposed to. So lots of times we think about that in the context of like work or something else like that, which certainly is a place where we can exercise that virtue. But even in our own families, we'll drag that out in our own spiritual life. We certainly oftentimes don't act with the virtue of of diligence. That's just immediately going and saying like, here's what God wants for me. I'm going to move forward and act on that in the, in a timely manner. And so, yeah.
1: And I'm reading a um, fantastic book right now by Jason Craig called leaving boyhood behind, not sponsored by him at all, but just, he's doing amazing work. Um, you know, he, he, helped develop those Catholic men, uh, the website mm-hmm. I believe as well as the Exodus 90 program. Yep. Um, so masculine, masculine formation is deep on his heart, but the book, I'm, ha- I'm almost probably about a little over halfway through, but he's, he's talking in one chapter about Mary and how Mary is, as as a mother pushes her son out. So, Sometimes we need that diligence in our own life. Sometimes we need to call it out of others. You know, Mm. sometimes maybe you're not wrestling with a huge decision, but someone in your life is, and you see greatness before them, but they're dragging their feet or they're, they're locked in fear. And maybe we need to be like Mary and give a gentle push and realize, you know, especially as men, like there's authority in the voice of the father or in the brother to say, you got this, like you can do it. Go for it. When she initiates at the wedding of Cana, like, do whatever my son tells you. She knows like, if he as soon as he reveals himself, this is the beginning of the end where it's going to end on Calvary. But she's like, it has to happen. Like I have to let him go. He has to start his mission here. So it also may be the role in who in my life do I need to encourage to step out?
0: Yeah and and I love like I love how much Mary actually represents like everything we've talked about like if you look at Luke, uh, chapter one twenty six through like thirty eight, um, the Annunciation narrative. So much of everything we've talked about through the course of this process is encapsulated in that short passage. Some of this may be some of my interpretation, right? But it's when the the Annunciation happens. Gabriel comes to her. He presents this thing to her that that she's highly favored. That God has chosen her to bear the Savior. Um, and she says she's greatly troubled at what was said and pondered what sort of greeting this might be. And and for me, like I look at that as a moment of pause a moment of of silence of think of looking inward and saying like where is my heart at in this right mm-hmm. um, and then she actually starts to ask questions she goes through the whole sorting process there's a dialogue between her even though she is she's is totally open to this she does want to know how and has actual questions everything we've talked about, through the course of this challenge, Mary does within these this you know 12 12 verse section of scripture. And I just think it's absolutely amazing how much that parallels. Like so many of us encounter that over the course of an extended period of time. For her, it's like, you know, we don't we don't know. Is it five minutes? Is it an hour? Right. But this this very short period of time ultimately leading to her to yes. And then even even though that was an isolated thing, the immediate thing she does is goes and seeks out Elizabeth. She goes to community also too. So so many of the things we've talked about over the course of this and just the annunciation, she actually covers completely as a process of discernment. So I, I just totally uh, love that. So tell, tell us a little bit more about how Mary fits into discernment.
1: Well, I love, again, kind of using Mary as the lens, which to go back and look through everything in discernment you said she, she pondered all this in her heart. You know, her first move was not to post something on social media. Her first like move wasn't to glory in herself. Like, oh, the angel just told me I'm awesome. I don't know about you all, but I'm favored. <laughs> Highly favored, by the way, she ponders it. She's troubled by it. There's, there's a lot to ponder and the sermon feels that way. There's a lot going on. And so, The third chapter of the book was on silence and the need to quiet ourselves and pray. And Mary absolutely is the model of that. And even in times of hardship, at the foot of the cross of her son, she can't do anything about it. All she can do is be there and watch the divine plan play out. So sometimes we're in a spot where we can't do anything. Maybe we've discerned well. Again, I've discerned my right job, my right vocational call, my right work. And uh, there's just we hit troubled waters. There's sickness. There's a layoff. There's something that's like it's not that you discern poorly. This is the the mystery of suffering, the mystery of evil at work here, and all you can do is be there and suffer yeah. with your loved ones. Allow them to suffer with you. If it's you who are sick, it's if it's you who have lost the job. If, you know, sometimes you just we can just imitate Mary and just being there in the suffering of ourselves and others.
0: And so that's like, I think such a huge thing because even knowing if you discern well, like if you discern well, you're going to experience joy and fulfillment, but it doesn't mean everything's going to be happy or perfect or anything else like that. Joy and happiness are not the same thing. We look at the seven Dolores of Mary, look at the seven like pains in her life um, that we can even track through scripture, these hard things that she had to watch her son go through. And it was from the process of discerning right that that came, but she understood what the fruitfulness of that was. And so I think it's easy to get focused on or bogged down by the wounds. One of the things that Mary continually does is point back to the, the fruitful fulfillment of of the entire gospel in the person of her son, Jesus Christ. Um, and I think we have to look at how we can do that in our own lives in the midst of our, our pain, of our suffering. Um, look at how can we exter- experience joy and point to the fruitfulness of Christ in our lives. So uh, anything else we want to cover about Mary before we go on to our um, our short break for our sponsors and then our practical tips, Bobby?
1: No, I just, I couldn't imagine not ending the book with Mary. I'm such a, a mama's boy at heart. I have statues of mary icons stained glass Um, she's been around me ever since you know i can remember so to not and so it it takes a lot for me to get in in the mindset of someone who sees mary as an obstacle like i really have to Mm. pray for patience to help a person see why she is not an obstacle to christ but it's always to christ through her it's never it never ends with her and I, yeah. I see that as clear as day. So for me, I've had to learn patience in in helping other people see her as we who who love her, see her. Yeah. I love how what Saint Maximilian said um Maximilian Colby, you can never be afraid of loving Mary too much. You can never love her more than Jesus did. Hmm. And um, so like there's nothing to fear with I think um she said that to Juan Diego in the the, the appearance of Guadalupe of uh, who what do you have to fear if I am with you?
0: Yeah, no, that's awesome. So we're going to help right over to a break from our uh, from our sponsors over at Ascension Press, who uh, we hope are totally okay with the fact that this took an extra uh, few weeks to get done. Um, uh, and so here's a word from them. And we'll be right back with our practical takeaways from this the last week of our reflections on discernment for the Nazarite challenge. So I want to thank Ascension Press especially for being one of our sponsors and partners for this year's Nazarite Challenge. Uh, Remember, you can actually get a discount on the copy of the book that we are talking about, Pray, Decide, and Don't Worry, written by Bobby, Jackie, and Father Mike Schmitz. Um, You can get a discount on that by using the code NOSHAVE. Um, There's a link down in the show notes. But I also want to talk to you about The Great Adventure Bible. now. When I was teaching RCIA at a parish, one of the things that a lot of the candidates I was working with and a lot of them were people who had been going to a Catholic church for a while or who grew up Catholic and had gotten some formation and some of them were coming into the church fresh. Something they all struggled with was understanding the overall narrative, the kind of the sweeping big picture of scripture and every time we went to go break this down whether it was in rcia adult formation classes with people they always struggled to see how the different parts of the bible fit together and that's one of the things that i love about the great adventure bible and all the great adventure resources by jeff Cavins and ascension press i've been using them forever and when the great adventure bible came out I was incredibly excited to just dive into it. Now, I have my Bible that I've used forever, that I'm emotionally connected to, that has the Great Adventure tabs in it, but the Great Adventure Bible took all of the things that I love about the tabs, other resources, Jeff Cavins and Dr. Mary Healy and other people at Ascension Press and what that project had done, and it took them all and it built a Bible based on the things that help Catholics engage scripture in the way that they're supposed to. And, and really get the most out of the story of scripture. It teaches how everything in the Bible ties together. It gets rid of the complexity of reading the Bible without diminishing any of the deep, rich beauty of what scripture is. And it's the only Bible that incorporates all of the things um, from Jeff Capen's revolutionary Bible timeline learning system, which is like color-coded for easy references, uh, detailed charts, full maps, full colors, key event call-outs and articles that help you understanding, again, that overarching story Important covenants and how the other supporting books fit into each of those. In addition to the discount code for the Nazarite Challenge, uh, no shave for that book from Bobby. If you're going to go ahead and get on there and get that book, I'd encourage you to check out the Great Adventure Bible and use the discount code Bible15 for a very, very rare, like very not very oftenly given out discount of 15%. And use the discount code. Bible 15. So it's no shave for the discount on Bobby's book and Bible 15 for a discount on the Bible. If you don't have a good Catholic Bible, you need to have one right now. When I buy a Bible for someone, uh, my backup Bible, my secondary Bible, because sometimes I can't find my my favorite prize uh, Bible because I was traveling and it's in luggage and I, I'm back at home and haven't unpacked yet, is the Great Adventure Bible. And I really want to encourage you guys to go out there and if you don't have one, because ignorance of scripture is ignorance of Christ and Ascension Press and Jeff Caven's Adventure Bible have made it incredibly easy for you to dive into the adventure of scripture in the adventure of your own life. All right, we wanna thank again, the amazing folks at Ascension Press again, if you haven't checked out the Adventure Timeline Bible, um, or if you have a Bible you love, like just check out the tabs and the resources, of the Adventure Timeline study, but the Adventure Bible, if you're looking for a new Bible, if you're looking for a gift for somebody else, I love it highly endorse it. You just heard me talk about it a whole lot. Let's talk about practical tips for how we can look at stepping out um, this week. I want to start with one that we've already talked about a little bit, but that's just, I want you to do some scriptural meditation. This is a great time of year for this. Um, it would have been a better time of year, time if it had been a couple of weeks ago and we originally planned on it coming out, but it's still a great time to look at just the annunciation. Luke chapter one, verses 26 through 38 read through it and try to look for the different steps of the discernment process and what Mary's done. Also look for how that conversation that she has with Gabriel, who's acting in the voice of God at that point in time as a messenger from him. Look at how that represents your own conversations and your own dialogue with God around your discernment. Try to identify those overlapping points or those points where you need to grow. So that's Luke chapter 26. Um, And again, we'll put that down in the show notes also too. Bobby, what's your practical takeaway for the week?
1: I'd say going off of the Marian theme, consider looking into and doing the consecration to Mary practice. And that is long heralded by many saints as one of the fastest ways to unite yourself to Christ is to go through this period of 33 days of preparation where you're you're doing some kind of daily prayer, scripture meditation. And it usually lands on a Marian feast day that you picked out ahead of time. Yeah. The two big methods are the St. Louis de Montfort total devotion to Mary. It's a little brown booklet. The language is a little dated. It's a little more, I say, hardcore. Like if you want to go old school. Um, I definitely recommend looking at, it at some point, but then father Michael Gately has written the book 33 days to morning glory. That's very accessible for the modern reader. I know it's available also in like small pamphlet form. I'm sure there's like an audio or audible form by now, Yeah, but it just, it leads you through why we should give ourselves over to Mary and why we should give our lives over to her. My wife and I did it the same year before we met uh, on other sides of the country, we both consecrated ourselves to Mary in the same year and we renew it every year for the, the immaculate conception and every child that we've every child we've had, we renew it and we do it for that upcoming child to give them over to our lady. And so I've seen it work quiet wonders in my own life and in the choices I've had to make as the years have gone on.
0: Yeah. And so that, let's take that into the next step. Lots of times total consecration is done um, in community. And actually, even when you're not doing it with other people, um, you're always united to other people who are going through that same process. I love your story about you and Jackie going through that at, during the same year, but not even knowing each other yet and how that's had an impact in your family. Uh, 33 Days to Morning Glory is a great thing to do with men and your parish. But I want you to identify a way that you want to step out in faith over the next year. Maybe that's connected to your discernment. Uh, maybe that's just you wanting to take your faith to the next level with daily prayer, with some simple practice um, and look at who you can surround yourself over the course of the next year. As a part of that, I don't want you to think about this as a new year's resolution. If you're totally into that and you're really good at new year's resolutions, that's great. Having worked in the retail and in the food service industry, I know how long like uh, new year's resolutions last the first two weeks of January, when you're working at a coffee shop, no one comes in. People have given up caffeine, fat, sweets, sugar, They just skip the coffee shop by the second week of January. Everything's back to normal. Um, And so if you want to think about it as a new resolution, if you're good at that, that's great. But let's just think about this as a process, as a, as a campaign for holiness, um, that we can continue to check on here through Bearded Virtue and through the Bearded Virtue Men's Group. The Nazarite Challenge has come to an end. Hope it was a fruitful season for y'all. We had some great feedback, some great stories. Um, not as much activity in the group as in past years, but I also know just from emails that we've gotten, that there's still a lot of good work going on in men's lives. So we wanna know from you also too, as part of that, as part of that stepping out and growing process, kind of what, um, what we're gonna be talking about as we go forward. Uh, Bobby and I have talked about a couple different things. We knew we wanted to start with the sermon even before um, his book had come out. That's a conversation we had been having. But we really wanna know from you, what are you looking forward to? What would be helpful for you, for us to have conversations around uh, virtue. I've got a couple of ideas. I'm gonna sh- I'm gonna toss them out there, Bobby. If you have any ideas, I want to hear them also too. And then we'll toss them up in the Facebook group. I, I put it up a couple weeks ago, but I'll pop it out again to maybe let people vote on, uh, toss in on. Um, for me, I love uh, a book called Divine Intimacy. It's a prayer practice. It's actually just pretty much straight virtue formation and reflection. It's Carmelite spirituality and Theresian meditation. Like that's all the whatever's. But it basically just walks you very intentionally through virtues as they form on each other, and it dives deep into different aspects of the virtues. It's set to the old liturgical calendar, so it's a little bit of a pain to navigate until you get used to it, um, but it's easier than Liturgy of the Hours, so there's that one. Uh, I think Total Consecration as a community, even going through that process uh, for one of the months, um, not just as a cool piece of content, but as a way to kind of reflect and grow, would be an absolutely amazing thing. That was one of the the different pieces on my list, or Tan has a really cool book on virtues and virtuous practices that i think look really looks really cool also so those are some of my ideas bob do you have any ideas about things you'd really love to to talk about or focus on
1: uh, yeah i love i love the virtues i love revisiting those because i think if you're very religious or you're not there's still an appeal for men to be virtuous to be excellent and there's even more to mine from that if you are a man of of faith and so the classical and the theological virtues I love the idea of maybe picking a Marian feast and working backwards and doing within the Nazarite like community a, yeah. 33 days, you know, maybe Fatima, maybe we just, you know, pray on that. And maybe even like a St. Joseph theme at some point to like really yeah. look at him and, and break down some like, what, what have some great writers and saints talked about the mysterious silent dude that is St. Joseph.
0: Some The other day I was asking people which, which member of the, um, the nativity story that they most identified with, and I said I'd say Joseph, but I don't get to take that that many naps, and I talk way too much for that to be an accurate an accurate portrayal of of who I would be in the nativity story or who I would identify with. I love that one. We've also talked to the guys over at Exodus 90 about maybe having the Nazarite community go through Exodus 90 together. So that's another option. So there's lots of things we talk about. I'm going to just drop them in the Facebook group, let people vote on those things. I also know that Mike tossed out something that I thought was really interesting. You know, Bobby, we we're going to start off each episode by just saying like you know first and foremost we're, we're sons we're brothers uh' we're, we're husbands and we're fathers and Mike had some really real questions about just what does it look like to be a father? Mm-hmm. What does that mean? And when you didn't have a model of a good father, um, how do you actually pursue fatherhood in yourself? Whether that's as a priest or as a lay person, like if you don't have a good model of a father in your own life, how do you heal from those wounds and how do you move forward, which is totally vulnerable. Um, I love that he shared that. And I think that's something, something to look at like sonship fraternity, like like what it means. To, I was going to say husbandry, but that means like mating processes. Like animals. Superior? Yeah. <laughs> so and then uh, and then what it really means to be a father also I think could be a really interesting thing to dive into. So we've got a lot of options. There's plenty of things to do. Plenty of good conversations we can have. I think the goal for Bobby and I that we talked about was to going forward to do twice a month. Um, which based on the last month I think is a very reasonable goal. We're, we'll try to get a few a few ahead so we don't have the same kind of issues uh, backed up. But we're here for that conversation. If you guys want us to keep on going. Uh, we'd love to hear from you on that. And again, that'll be in the the Nazarite Challenge Facebook group. Bobby, I know we'll have some awesome guests along that process. Maybe we'll finally get Father Mike to come on. I think I'm going to see him a couple weeks from now at um, SLS. Are you coming to SLS? I don't think so.
1: My wife and I are blessed. We're going to the Holy Land. Oh man, that's awesome. And so we well I- uh, we couldn't <laughs> abandon our kids for SLS and Israel. So right. We, uh,
0: I won't say that uh, that Phoenix is the Holy Land of Arizona, but um, you know, it's it's still <laughs> still a pretty good place. So if you're going with Bobby to to the Holy Land, good for you. If you are coming down to seek,, uh, we'd love to chat with you. We'd love to hear from you. Um, that's at a conference that that Focus puts on uh, each year. and SLS is a great one to jump into um, also too. Um but um, uh, Bobby, uh, anything else you want to say about just as we close out this series before we kind of talk about where people can find us online? No,
1: I just want to say Tony thank you again for leading the charge on this and being organized where I am not, you know, really responding because I think God is is doing something in the ebb and the flow of this group and 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 men who are feeling overloaded, men who are feeling confused about maybe some big decisions they got going on and I'm excited to continue this ministry and again put other manly sources of inspiration, priests, psychologists, people in ministry that we can highlight and give a microphone for them to, to shed some light on where we can grow in holiness together.
0: Yeah. And I'm going to put Jason, a link to Jason Craig's book, Leaving Boyhood Behind, down in the show notes. It's been on my list for a while also. We can definitely reach out to him and some other folks about coming on. Also, Bobby, if people want to find you online, where's the best place to find you?
1: Instagram, uh, bobby.angel or uh, YouTube on our ascension presents channel. We've got a video coming out on Marian consecration pretty soon actually. And then um, we have a website Jackie and Bobby.com that I promise I will update before 2020. <laughs> we are a media team of two and by two, I really mean one. And uh, that's me. And so it hasn't been updated in a long time.
0: Yeah. Uh, I'm actually trying to get tonyvicenda.com finally up and running. Uh, I just need to of a Squarespace site. It's dumb that I don't have a personal uh, website, but you can find me at Catholic Balm Co. You can always drop me a line at Tony, at hello at CatholicBombCo at vicenda On pretty much every platform goes to me, at least an old account, if not a current one, but I am the only Tony Vicinda currently that exists in the world. Maybe one day there'll be another, even though we will be unique and non-repeatable creations from the Lord. Uh, we want to thank our sponsors again from Ascension Press. Catholic Bomb the Franciscan Friars of the Holy Spirit, um, who I am looking forward to seeing in Phoenix and at SLS, uh, and also Project YM for all the amazing things that have happened. Uh, even as we come to a close on this chapter of the Nazarite Challenge, we're going to continue to push forward this year into conversations around what it means to be a bearded man, what it means to virtuous man, what it means to be a son, a father, a husband, and a brother. Regardless of your ultimate vocation, we want you to remember that your vocation is love and that your identity is given to you by God. in those things. So until next time, gentlemen, stop shaving and start praying.